What's up, my babies? What's up, What's up? What's, What's up, up? y'all? What's up? It's Thursday, baby. Oh, it's no. Warhammer time. Oh, no. I forgot. What's up? We're bringing it back, y'all. <laughs> Welcome to 2003. Is that how old it is? I thought it was older than that. I don't know. I, yeah, I know. It was a 2000. 2000, thing. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, we, we were saying it well into 2005. Oh, I probably was saying in 2010. Yeah. <laughs> very, very long time. We're bringing it back, baby. Is, is the podcast ready? The podcast is ready. What's up? Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome to Hypercast, guys. Happy Thursday. Happy Thor's Day. Happy Thor's Day. Happy Warhammer Day. It's... Thor's Day. It is Thor's Yesterday day. was Woden's Day. <laughs> Woden's Day? Yeah. <laughs> Today is Thor's Day. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, after this, we're going to be doing some painting. Yeah, we're going to paint, 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 paint some miniatures. As you can see, uh, you know, we're Warhamming, so... Yeah, yeah, we're already set up for from last week's battle. We're Lots gonna of be stuff. Lots of stuff. Picking back up last week's battle mid-game. Uh... Round two. Yeah, and we'll have John, Bird, and Naeem here for that as well. Yeah, so we're going to do some Warhamming. We're going to be playing Warhammer 40K. If you've never played the game, if you've never seen the game played, uh, you're going to want to watch because, man, we do it best here. Yeah. We just, we got the best coverage. We tell you how to play in sort of a uh, entry-level way. Yeah. It's the best. And we have, like, the smartest chat of all time in there telling you all the stuff that we don't get right. <laughs> I think that's uh, that's the thing that's made me really enjoy. I, it was different when we had you know seven people playing Warhammer here. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't really so much following the game as much as I was kind of just like worried about coverage. Yeah. Now though, that it's only usually you know it was you Zach and Malika. Now it's mm -hmm. you and Malika, and we have people zooming in. I can kind of like get a, get a lay of the land a little mm -hmm. better and understand kind of what people are doing. Yeah. And when the chat room helps with like rules and stuff, what you can do, you know, you pick up on stuff here and there. That yeah. is in no way me saying that I want to play Warhammer, by the way. Oh, so Adam's getting into it. <laughs> no. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then tomorrow, we talked about doing some mini golf. Malik is not down here. Uh, hmm. Zach said he was going to work on the streaming backpack for us, so hopefully we'll be able to do it. But uh, it's... It, it, there's fires everywhere. Yeah. And the air quality is really bad. <laughs> So I don't know if it's the best idea for us to drive north to Ventura to mini golf yeah. uh, when the air quality is so poor. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how I personally feel about you know, I don't know breathing in all that all that smoke and stuff. Not it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad down here. Percent sure yet. Yeah, uh, there was a there was a video that Zach tagged me in, which I'm sure other people saw. It was drone footage of uh, San Francisco area. With the 2049 music? With, yeah, with the music from Blade Runner. And it's kind of terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of terrifying how bad it is. Yeah, if you go outside here in Los Angeles today, it looks like an Instagram filter outside. Yeah, it's just and it like, smells it's like yellow, you're in the middle of the woods. And it smells, yep, it smells like burnt wood. Yeah, so. Pretty, uh, pretty crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So I don't know. I don't know. We haven't really finalized it or discussed whether or not we're going to 100% do that. Mm -hmm. So we have to figure that out today uh, if we're going to do that or not. But yeah. I don't know. It really just kind of depends on the air quality is going to what, what it's going to be like. Yeah, I was supposed to go to my uh, my personal trainer's house this morning, and he's uh, he's a little bit further west and north mm -hmm. towards like the Woodland Hills area. Yeah. And he was like, "Hey, man, uh, there's ash falling from the sky here. So, so let's, probably not. Let's not." Yeah, probably not the best idea. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll keep you guys updated on that. Uh, we'll be obviously playing Warhammer later tonight, and then tomorrow, yeah, that'll be. It's already Friday. I forgot we had Monday off. Oh, uh, tomorrow's we Friday. We, we didn't stream on Monday, so yeah. Man, four-day work weeks are great. You'd be like, <laughs> oh shoot, the weekend's here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was. Lucas and I were talking, and I was telling him I was like, you know, I wanted to do work on Monday, and then I realized I don't have to because a holiday. And it was kind of nice. To You're just, not supposed to. Yeah. It was nice to just spend time with Emily, and uh, we watched all the Bill and Ted movies, and yeah. we ordered food, and I was like, you know, I kind of like this. Speaking it's of the Bill nice. and Ted movies, yeah. and how I went and saw one at the drive-in, mm -hmm. Tenet's going to be playing at the drive-in, huh? It is. Let me, it I'm, is. I'm just going to, I saw a segue, so I, I'm skipping points. <laughs> I'm skipping points, It's fine. Man. At first, I was like, oh, did something new happen with nope. uh, Bill and Ted? Tenet's yeah. going to be playing at the Mission Tiki Drive-In this it weekend, is. which is where we we like to go see drive-in yeah. movies. It's about 30 minutes outside of the L.A. area. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think I'm going to be going going to see that with, with my uh, housemates tomorrow yeah. night. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, we were thinking about going to San Diego to see it. And I was yep. like, I don't know if Matt, I can. You should actually talk to Matt because Matt... So I think I'm going to go to San Diego this weekend to see my family. Oh, shy guys right there. Let's go. Oh, there All you right. go. Matt, I'll hit you up. There you go, dude. Yeah, I'll hit you uh, up. Yeah, so we talked about with Matt about, about going to San Diego to watch Tenet. Uh, then I saw the news this morning, and I was like, well, Matt's definitely not coming yeah. with us. And this is something we've been talking about for like the past two weeks. Oh, yeah, I know. Is that they just need to bite the bullet and say, shit, man, we've been dealt a shitty hand, so here's the movie. Yeah. Uh, because like having so this weird like soft launch in different theaters across the world mm -hmm. as restrictions are lifted is going to kill all hype. Oh, for sure. I think. And it's just like, no, I totally you agree. just got to take the L on this and notice that it's not anybody's fault. Yeah. And you got to, you're a big old studio. Just take yeah. the L. It's you should fine. Just open it wherever people can yeah. watch the movie. If that's at home, if that's at a drive-in, if that is in a theater, just put it everywhere. Yeah. You know, I think like creating boundaries for people where they can't watch it, you're basically punishing people mm -hmm. in L.A. for not being able to see it because of a pandemic that yeah. no one like, Where, in, in, in Los Angeles had direct like uh, fault for. Yeah, and we do have safe means to watch it, but yeah. you're being like, no, yeah, no, we're, not the we're, safe we're way. We're, we're going to wait. Movie. We're going to wait. Yeah, and I think uh, I think Megaloblaze Mom post, uh, posted this as well. You know, I do think that the box office opening of the movie in all of its respective territories and cities and stuff had an influence on it. Yeah. Uh, it, it opened well in China, but the movie itself cost $200 million. Mm -hmm. And in order for the movie to kind of break even, it has to, you know, double that and then some. So you're looking at possibly $500 million for this movie to break even mm -hmm. um, outside of, you know, all, all everything that it costs to market it. So yeah. it's got a long way to go. It it's, really does. It's a fifth of the way there. Um, I'm... I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm not confident that it will break even. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's okay for a major studio to have some losses. Yeah. Yeah. Know, and in a I, time like this. And I also think that Warner Brothers has done an incredible job for the most part with all of their other movies in the last few years. Mm -hmm. uh, like a movie like Aquaman did so well for them. Yeah. And I know that they've had kind of misses with movies like Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. But I think Dune will do incredibly well for them. Yeah. Wonder oh, Woman Dune. Is going to make a billion dollars. Yeah. Wonder Woman 1984 will do incredibly well for them. Yeah. Uh, they have a few other things that they have coming out at the end of the year. And I think it's almost, I don't know. I think it's beneficial for them to just kind of like move some stuff. Yeah. If they completely want to avoid having movies in theaters that are not open, just move those movies to later in the year yeah. and then push Dune back. I agree, dude. And um, yeah, Megalo just said that too. Yeah. Um, 
push it. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, because right now it's slated for December 18th, and it's I think it's Warner Brothers' last movie of the year. Mm -hmm. And I think at this point, it's not a bad idea for them to just like push the movie back whether it's six months to a year mm -hmm. and to then that obviously will mean they'll also end up pushing back the sequel or the part two of the yeah. same movie but you're kind of in a better position if you do that and then release wonder woman and i forget what the other movies that they have coming out at the end of the year um putting those out in the holiday season in like november december in more theaters more drive-ins on vod potentially after a couple of weeks yeah uh, and getting it out to as many people as possible which do you know have they shot Parts one and two together of Dune. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's only the first one. Gotcha. I could be wrong though. Um, I could be wrong. Uh, I'm, yeah, I, I hadn't heard if they were shooting them together and then splitting it, splitting it. I'm sure somebody in our in post production in process. our in our chat room knows. Yeah, we're heading into flu season. It's just, it's like... It's not the best time. It's not the best time. There's probably going to be another spike of this COVID thing. Yeah. Probably at least one more big spike before we start getting a vaccine in our hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which has always been um, the prediction that right. fall, fall would see a, a huge increase in cases. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I'm not finding it right now, but, I, but I'm pretty sure... Uh, I don't think they shot it back to back or simultaneously, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but they are they are going to be making a second a sequel. Yeah, or it's it's not a sequel. I it's think a, it's, it's like a part two. It's a part two. Yeah. yeah. the The first movie covers the first half of the first book. Right. Uh, right. The second movie will cover the second half. So yeah, I don't know if you want to call it a sequel or not. Yeah. Uh, it depends part on two, how they, I feel they like plan is, to market uh, on it. It's pretty fair. Yeah. But yeah, and I and I think part of the 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 thing of tenant opening and drive-ins is also. Um, the theaters in Orange County are also reopening back up. Mm -hmm. uh, this, you know, Orange County, LA—they're close together. Yeah, and I think that's part of the only reason that Tenet was being released in some. Mm -hmm. It's also being released at the Paramount Drive-in, which is in Downey, and that's yeah. in LA City. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's LA City. I think that's like right on the county line. Is it in San Bernardino County though? Do Shy Guy would know. Uh, Matt would know. Uh, Mission Tiki is. Mission Tiki is for yeah. sure. But uh, the the Paramount Theater in Downey. Is uh, I'm pretty sure that's LA County already, because LA County's uh, pretty far. The thing with so in Orange County, are they showing it in theater theaters or like drive-in theaters? In theater theaters. And that's the thing. And that, I think it will also probably be in if, if they have drive-in theaters down there. I don't that's know the thing do. that worries me is like neighboring counties like this. Yeah, Downey is LA County. Because how many people then from Los Angeles are going to be like, okay, well let's go to Orange County to watch this movie? Well, I'm sure there will be. And that's just that's that's how you spread things, you yeah. know. On top of that, you know, we know that uh, we know we know how bad Orange County has been in the last six months uh, with how they've been, not everybody, but how a lot of people have sort of rushed off the severity mm -hmm. of the COVID-19 virus. Matt said, Matt said Montclair is LA County too. Still. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Edge of the County. Edge of the County. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, um, gotcha. Yeah, it's just been kind of like uh, kind of casual here, mm -hmm. although being, I mean, cases are down. Yeah, uh, but all the, it's still been Thank like, God, kind of, but like still. people kind of acting kind of casual about it, yeah. and people are going to be like, "Let's well, let's go to Orange County," and then people are going to spread it to Orange County. Look, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not one to call somebody out, but there are people that live very, very close to us within an arm's reach who are having house parties like yeah. there's nothing happening, and I'm like, Why? yeah, <laughs> neighbors, Why? neighbors of this complex, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been kind of. Uh, it, I mean, whenever we hear numbers of cases, I'm like, wow, just that. Like, I'm sure it's much higher than that because 
um, the way some people have chosen to handle this is is pretty gross. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's 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 like I it's both sides. Like I understand why, but yeah. at the same time, I'm also like, yo, we're not out of this yet. We're not in the clear. I think if cases have been reduced drastically, then that'd be another story. Yeah, that's another story. We also like don't know exactly what the outcome has been since Labor Day weekend, right? Uh, because as we saw we're, in San we Diego, we past two two weeks. Uh, we'll, we'll start to know pretty soon. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as we know in San Diego, like the beaches were packed yeah all and weekend with i'm people. sure they were in los angeles too yeah. uh we were in malibu last weekend uh and it was not packed in malibu yeah. but it was so hot that i guarantee like in the more like urban yeah. populated areas of los angeles I'm, I'm betting santa monica was a just a shit show yeah yeah i stayed away i stayed away from anything related to uh crowds and beaches yeah. and all that sort of stuff Which it's just like it's it's that thing though it's that weird thing where as I was saying, I think I was saying yesterday, mm -hmm. it's hard like it's hard to blame this on the individual. Yeah. When like so many people I mean, how many people in this city have decided that they can't afford air conditioning right now? Mm -hmm. Because they're not getting, you know, any sort of government right. stipend and they're out of work. So like what the fuck are you supposed so to do? So it's like what are you apartment? supposed to do? Melt in this hundred and twenty yeah. degree weather? Yeah. So it, it's just it's hard to blame the individual, but it like is. Uh, a lot of people will will blame the individual yeah and uh, i think and something I, needs to be done and i for sure think that there are individuals who have been responsible about it yeah and if they don't have air conditioning i'm sure they found ways to be like okay we're gonna get out of the house we're gonna do it the smart way yeah we're gonna go out of our way to make sure we're not near people in crowded areas right and then you have the other other group of people who are just like yeah i just want to go out and like party with my friends and yeah. i'm not gonna let some virus stop me which i'm like Okay, uh, but like okay. understand what the consequences of that are, yeah, and be aware of the fact that like this could doing that sort of stuff could potentially prolong how long we're stuck at home, right. and like no, I don't think anybody wants that. Like yeah. I, I, even though we're here working every day, and like we're fortunate enough that I can walk out of the complex and like you know, well, not right now, breathe, breathe air, but yeah. you know, normally throughout the rest of the year, I've been able to walk out and like take a walk around the complex and not be bothered to see so many people. Yeah. Like that's not the case for everybody. You know, yeah. people live in very populated areas. Yep. Um, and like, that's just the reality of it. Yeah. So that's it kind of sucks, but I hope that like, you know, if you do live in a city where the theaters are open and you have the ability to do that, I know New York, there's some controversy in New York because New York uh, Cuomo has let indoor dining like open back up mm -hmm. but theaters are not open and people like amc and imax are like what yeah you, you let people go eat in the restaurant but like they can't come into a theater so like i understand also that perspective of like you i don't know if you can really pick and choose like that yeah i think you have to make a commitment that like okay if we're letting people eat inside of a restaurant i guess we technically should let them be able to go to a movie theater because right. we're still indoors i, I don't know i I don't know. I don't know how you make those how you make those calls. Yeah. So, I know for me, I'm I'm happy to see Tenet playing at the drive-in because th that's going to be the way that I'm going to see it, and it's unfortunate. You know, I want to go to the IMAX theater, but you want to get that full like nice visual yeah, and audio experience. But yeah, and you know, like Christopher Nolan shoots so much of his movies on IMAX. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I want to experience it. But like. Uh, it's just I like feel it, comfortable. Yeah, it's just That's like a just reframing and looking at the positives of yeah. like, well, it's going to be fun to go to the drive-in and, and exactly. see it in that way. Yeah, have and that I, memory. And yeah, and I've loved going to the, like New Mutants. Saw it at the drive-in. I don't regret it. I still got to see the movie, 
you know, I experienced it. It was a different experience, but it was totally fine. Yeah. Mulan, I watched in the backyard of a friend's house. Not the ideal way I wanted to experience it. I have no complaints because I still got to do it. Yeah. Uh, it'll be the same thing for Tenet when I go see it at the drive-in theater, you yeah. know. So there's not too much to complain about. So I'm glad that LA's getting it. I know that the drive-in is probably going to be insanely packed. Yep. But I know that the Mission Tiki is playing it on two screens. Yeah. So they're playing it four times. I imagine I'll probably show up about two hours early. Yeah. Uh, probably like if it's at eight, I'll probably. Did show I up mention like that six. to you? Yeah. So it's playing on two screens, but it's like back to back. So it's playing four times technically. Yeah. So I mean, but I still think it'll be. Real yeah, back. it's still going to be really busy, and I think they're going to like. I, I don't know how they're going to going to actually like usher people out of there if they're going to yeah. like force people to leave or how oh, that's going to work for people who want to stay and watch it twice, yeah. which I don't know if people necessarily want to, but you never know. So we'll see. But the movie still has a long way to go before it breaks even. And maybe opening it up to just like every market possible will help with that. Yeah. But I also think that Warner Brothers, if they want to keep this movie, if they want to keep the, the money-making engine going, they really are going to have to look at like, okay, do we just release this on, on premium VOD in three weeks? Also, can they? Right. What deal did they make with AMC and yeah. other theater chains with NATO, the National Association of Theater Owners? What kind of a deal did they make that would allow them to be able to do that after three weeks, yeah. if, if any? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. It's going to have to be kind of like a by ear thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out, though. Second viewing is after 11, so they might be clearing clearing the lots after each film i guess yeah it's kind of late though isn't it like a two and two hour and 45 minute movie yeah i definitely don't want to go to an 11 o'clock showing of tenant right it's and a little too yeah, late yeah man and then getting out of that place yeah you're, um, gonna, you're not gonna be home till two in the morning because you kind of sit in a line of cars there's like one major exit yeah uh, by each screen i'm so. old so i get tired early now yeah <laughs> Fuck. i had a hard time waking up this morning Me i ended up too, spending man. the night at emily's house and we woke up and she's like it's nine we have to go and i'm like no, yeah. I don't want to. I went to bed at midnight, and I was like, whoa, I'm getting to bed early. I'm going to wake up early. And then I got up at like 10. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm, I went to bed tired. I woke up tired. It's just, <laughs> it was one of those days I needed a lot of sleep. Yeah, sometimes you just have those days. I also uh, thank you, everybody, for joining yesterday to watch Batman Forever. There was a shit ton of people nice. <laughs> in Discord watching. Nice. <clears throat> and to me, like, there was probably like 30, 35 people. To me, that's a shit ton of people. Yeah. Because I, I don't expect people to stick around that late to watch a movie with me through discord i don't i don't know how exciting that is for people but the fact yeah. that so many of you came was really really fun i hope you guys enjoyed that uh i want to keep doing i want to continue doing those discord watch alongs if you guys enjoy them um for for any movie maybe i should just do a poll every week or maybe we should just like vote for it or something we'll figure something out because I, be I think if you guys like doing it cool. i'm also down to do them in the morning because i know so guy is saying you know eastern time is a little too late if you guys are down, I'm down to do them in the morning. Like 10 a.m.? Yeah, like at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Maybe that. We, maybe we could do that. So they can go from 10 a.m. to noon, and then at 1 o'clock, you know, I have to come down here with Lucas, and we have to start setting up. But mm -hmm. uh, if you guys are down, I'm down. We would just have to talk about it. Um, yeah, let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. <sighs> what else, dude? I don't know how controversial this is going to be amongst our audience. Mm -hmm. But I want to know from independent creators uh, how controversial this might be. The fact that Ninja is back and streaming right now on yeah. Twitch. I'd love to know how everyone feels about this. Yeah. Viewer-wise uh, and creator-wise. Yeah. I feel like creator-wise, it's like, whoa, 
so you can just be kind of immune and do whatever you want. <laughs> immune to the system. You can just take a poop on a platform yeah. and then come back to it, huh? <laughs> uh, but uh, for viewer-wise, I mean, and also for him, awesome. I mean, what a yeah. big, what a big win. It's yeah. Get paid a lot of money and then probably get paid a lot of money again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the guy's on top of his game. Uh, but yeah, it, it feels kind of kind of strange for Twitch to be like, yeah, with arms wide open, come on back. Yeah, and you know, so he left Mixer. It's already been over a year now at this point. Yeah. Or sorry, he left Twitch to go to Mixer, and that was such a big deal. And uh, he is back on Twitch, streaming on the front page of Twitch right now. Yeah, he came back at noon today, and he's been he's streamed a few times on twitch since yeah. and he's also streamed on youtube yeah and i i imagine that uh you know that move of streaming on both platforms to see where his audience kind of gravitate to the most mm -hmm. but to also obviously see how much interest google had or youtube had on him versus twitch yeah and obviously he started his career on this platform um so it makes sense that you potentially want to come back to this platform. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, I don't know. I think it, in some ways, it does kind of suck that there have been artists or creators who've been who have grinding, been continually working. Yeah, grinding on this platform. Yeah, and are not being rewarded. Yeah, and some of them, some of them are new to the platform. They've been here for like six months ever right. since the pandemic has started. But some of them have been on here for like years. Yeah, I mean, I got plenty of friends who I think are some of the most talented entertainers, and they're yeah. streaming eight hours a day every single day. Yeah. And you know they're still streaming for the same audience, and exactly. they're getting no help in promotion. Right, right. So that's no help and in that's discoverability. A huge pitfall to yeah. this platform that we are currently on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not to like trash the platform, but I think it's widely known. Twitch has a lot of issues with like being able to find things. Mm -hmm. There's not a good categoriz categorization yeah. process on Twitch. It's very hard to grow. An We're audience. in a category called just chatting, and like that could mean a plethora of things. Right. You yep. know, it can mean so many things. It can mean so many things on a platform like this. So, and you know, it's like I get it from the business from the business side. You look at that, and you're like, everybody's making money here. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Twitch is going to make a ton of money on subscriptions and he's going to make a ton of money and all kinds of yeah. stuff. Yeah, he probably got a big old deal to come back. Yeah, I would exactly. assume his subscribers are going to jump up. You know, five dollar yeah. subs, maybe getting 75 percent of that. Right, right. At who knows how many hundreds of thousands. I mean, at this he point. went he went live at noon today, and he had a hundred thousand viewers watching him. Mm -hmm. I think now, as of right now, he's down to like sixty thousand. But yeah. like, oh my god, imagine if we had five thousand right. of yeah. those viewers. You know, yeah. like we. I, I, if we had 5,000 viewers every day, there would be no stress in this house about us not having viewers. Right, yeah. <laughs> We'd be like, oh, we have five. We went from 10 to five. Okay, we still have viewers. Yep. Um, you know, so it's like, man, I really, I, you, and I know that like every platform has this problem. You know, YouTube has this problem. Every platform has this problem of like, it's kind of distributing the wealth evenly where it's like, let's help everyone. Mm -hmm. You're obviously going to prioritize certain creators more than others. Yeah. But I feel like there is a level of support for certain creators and then there's just nothing for everybody else. Yeah. And that to me is the most frustrating well, YouTube's thing. YouTube's very transparent about that. Yeah. <laughs> they, oh yeah. They oh, stopped yeah. letting people make money if they didn't have a thousand subscribers. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> They're like, pretty I, much. you know what? Your ads don't count. <laughs> yeah. And I think like YouTube has done so many things like that where they like had the partnership program and then they just opened it to everybody and I think they went, uh oh, uh -huh. well, maybe we Oops. let this kind of get away from us too much. And it's well. like, yeah, dude, you should have uh, you should have thought about that before you did it. So you know, it's like, but from his from his end, I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, of course, yeah. 
You know, it's he's like gonna, he's you're going to capitalize on he's that. He's obviously going to keep making stuff. He's a young dude. Yeah, he's 29 at the top of his game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know top, but like he's he's definitely still very, very yeah. high up there. I think his career has done a couple of these. Yeah. But I think like if he commits and this is a multi-year deal that he signed. Yeah. So I think if he's just now committed to just like reengaging his audience, mm-hmm. dedicating himself to the platform, we all know that outside of that, he's still going to be you know, developing stuff. Yeah. I think he's had conversations of, uh, there was an interview, I think on the Hollywood reporter where he's talking about potentially going into like television and film. So we're going to see plenty of Ninja for years to come. So even if he didn't come back to the platform, I think he would have found that outlet for him. That would have really worked for him. Yeah. But I think for him to come back to kind of where he like built his whole career, it's hugely advantageous for him. I'd say, and another cool thing for him is I think a lot of criticism came in that he's like, you know, he's a Fortnite streamer for kids. Right. Uh, But he is, I mean, currently he's playing Among Us for 68,000 viewers, Mm -hmm. and that's cool that he can play a different game, so he's he's made a passionate audience around him rather than a game, and him being good at a game, which is very important as as we've learned here at Hyper. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's scary to have a big audience based around the thing you're playing because yes. that thing you're playing won't always be what it is. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you need to solidify yourself. Yeah. And he's talked, he talked about this morning, some of the games he's going to be streaming. Obviously fall guys is a really big thing right yeah. now. So he's playing fall guys, but he definitely said like, I'm going to go back to Fortnite. I'm going to play, you know, yeah. a whole slate of other things as well. So I don't know, like. I yeah, I'd just be anxious to know, not anxious, but mm-hmm. interested to see how other Twitch streamers feel about this that have been working really hard. Yeah, I would, I would love to know. It'd be a really interesting conversation to have with other with people. Uh, it seems like most of our offline, audience doesn't really watch him, doesn't doesn't really know uh, about the controversy or care. Yeah, uh, which is yeah, totally. I mean, me, me neither, really. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do think there's an interesting conversation there with streamers who've been working really hard and not getting much support. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I also... There are very few streamers that I watch on this platform. Um, I like watching Ninja more from, like, a business perspective yeah. than, like, some creative, mostly business, though, mm-hmm. to see how him and, and, and his wife, Jessica, have, like, really helped how they've built this like brand like an empire kind of yeah yeah and i mean i I mean he's got fucking toys at target yeah like yeah what exactly (laughs) and uh you know i really i read a really nice it was a little too short i wish it was longer but it was an interview with jessica blevins his wife who's his manager Mm -hmm. and got a lot of like insight into how she helps run his like business basically and it's crazy to think that, you know, because his popularity, it didn't come quick, but when it came, it like shot up. Yeah. You know, it was interesting to kind of get her perspective to see how she's had to adapt to that business because mm-hmm. you go from making small little like promotional sponsor deals to making like huge multi million dollar deals with like Amazon and stuff. Yeah. It was just really impressive to, to, read that and to kind of get that insight into how they run stuff because of course most people are going to be like oh ninja the streamer but you don't real like some people don't realize how much back end stuff there is to do sure uh to kind of keep that going and to keep that awareness up yep totally. so you know i'm interested to kind of see where it grows from here uh and what happens and how they move forward yeah i'm i'm, I'm interested yeah i'm curious curious I'm definitely curious yeah. about it we uh yeah that's kind of 
kind of part of our job, though, is just to be aware of what's going on mm-hmm. uh, on the platform. So we kind of have to. It's not that we're like, ooh, I'm a super fan. We just kind of got to know what's going on. And it's, it's all very interesting all the time to see how, how people are navigating this space. Yeah, I mean, I'm I so like a website that I love to frequent. It's called Tube Filter, mm-hmm. and it uh, it's it's not just YouTube. They also talk about you know creators on TikTok and Instagram and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but I love opening that website. You know, maybe once or twice a week, and to kind of go through and see, okay, what have I missed in the last week? Yeah, and they highlight a lot of creators on multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just talk about the new things that have been happening, whether a, a platform is developing a new piece of like tech that they're incorporating in. Something that's been really growing that is not necessarily new because it's been happening for a couple of years now is these like houses, these creative houses. Yeah. Uh, we had like Hype House is, is, was uh, one that started, I think, last was, year. That was the TikTok one, right? That was the TikTok one. Now wow. there's another one. Uh, I think it's called Bunny House. But I think I think that's what it's called. Uh, it's another creative house of people who are like TikTok creators. Mm. I don't know. How do you feel about those sorts of things? Do you think um, that there's like an opportunity to really like create stuff in houses like that? Do you think it's more like a mess than anything? I think it's a mess. I'm not convinced that people are even going to be making a good amount of money on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I think some, uh, but I don't, I don't know that. They I'm do, not convinced about anything on TikTok. <laughs> they do have that. They do have that. That I think it's like the billion dollar creator fund or something. Yeah. Or mil- no, it can't be million dollar. It's probably like a billion dollar creator fund where yeah. they're going to start paying creators for their work. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, in some ways, I would kind of consider us a content house Yeah, because we don't really have like an official studio. Sure. We're like literally doing this in the garage of our house. But I don't know. I think maybe if they are collaborating on one brand, otherwise yeah. I don't see the benefit and yeah. it, just, it just seems messy of like maybe we're helping somehow. We're mm-hmm. helping each other in this weird, uh, I don't know, like vlog squad kind of collaboration. Yeah. Uh, but even that feels messy to me. But, you know, I I have a YouTube channel with 500 subscribers, so I don't know how these business things work, mm-hmm. really. I'm just not convinced with TikTok. I see, I see a lot of good TikToks, but the ones that are really taking off, I'm like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. This will not last longer than your teen audience. Once yeah. they grow up, it's out. But, I mean, Logan and Jake Paul have made a career off of that kind of yeah. thing, of, like, making bad content for kids. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. It's not like it has a huge future, but maybe it does if you keep making for the same demographic. Yeah, I mean, the thing that, I, that I've that i kind of thought about is, like, okay, and this is, this is me kind of thinking back in time a little bit and being like, well, what if, you know, myself, Augustine and Hector, we, like, lived in one house and we made the same content together all the time? Then I'm like, mm. then that, I think that idea has legs yeah and then if you like have the opportunity to bring in somebody who can like help you with your production management and your totally. marketing then i'm like okay if you're all building if you're out all one working brand towards one thing i think it's a smart idea yeah then i think it's then makes I think total it's, sense but i think if you have like one house that's trying to make their own like four different brands i'm yeah. like i don't think that works i think it gets messy i think, people, I think there's a lot of like budding yeah heads. i think people have like these weird competitions going on yeah. in their heads obviously like people have jealousy ingrained in them right uh i yeah i don't know like tiktok is very weird to me because we will repurpose some of our videos and just throw them up throw them up there with no real work yeah sometimes one or two of them will take off uh but it's like the it feels weird sometimes uh because if one of them takes off it's like all the comments are coming from kids right. because they'll be like, LMAO, I can't believe you guys did that. And it's like, no, we, we edited this. Right. Like, we shot this in a few hours and edited it together. Like, this is 
there are cuts in here. Like yeah. <laughs> this didn't really happen. Yeah. Like we made one about my, like people who vote for Mike Bloomberg and like all right. the comments are like, LMAO, I can't believe you guys did that. And it's like, we didn't, it was a joke. It's a joke guys. <laughs> and it's like, these, these are kids that are yeah. viewing this stuff. So you'll see some of these TikToks where it's just like somebody doing this like completely obvious prank and a bunch of kids not understanding that it's a prank right. or like a very like acted scripted thing. And, and, the viewers don't understand that. Yeah. And I don't know how long that can last. Yeah, I think it's tough. And I think like, you know, it, this has always kind of been my perspective and people might think it's wrong and I know people don't agree with it, but I think at a certain point, you also have to decide whether or not you want to go where the attention is. Mm -hmm. But I think it also depends on like how you go about it. Yeah. You know, like if you kind, if you play into what most people are consuming on TikTok and you're only doing it because you want the attention, then I don't think that has legs. Yeah. But I think if you go where the attention is and you can take what people are doing and then slowly morph it into what you want to be doing mm -hmm. and people enjoy it, then I think like there's potential opportunity. Like I think um, Absolutely. Like people that do cooking stuff. Yeah, I think Zach King has done I an love incredible his, job. I follow his TikTok. It's fun. Yeah, it's, it's like really fun. I, I know a lot of his editing tricks and stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not like viewing it from like a, oh, how's he doing this magic right. trick sort of thing? But it's more just that like this guy's created a channel off yeah. of just doing fun After Effects yeah. edits. Yeah, it's so yeah. cool. It's so cr So he had the one, I think it's the Harry Potter one where he's writing. He's writing that like, and it's a mirror. It's the most viewed TikTok I think ever. Really? Has, like billions of views. Yeah. And, uh, and he's, yeah, he's great. He had another one that came out not too long ago. Uh, where he's with his kids and they have like the tent inside of the house and they walk through the door and yeah. it's like outside. Oh yeah, I remember, yeah. yeah. This I guy watched that one and I was like, I was trying to decipher, okay, how did he do it? It looks yeah. like he's literally outside and they built a set and they walk through a door. But the lighting looks so good on the interior yeah. that I wasn't sure if I was right. And then he released the BTS and I was like, son of a bitch, I was exactly right. Yeah. So it's just like a well-lit interior that walking looked, outside. Exactly. And I was yeah. Like, God damn it. He does. Uh, so Zach King does like really like, I don't want to say simple. Uh, it's like high concept. Yeah. Uh, like ideas, and then does pretty easy camera tricks and yeah. editing to make these really cool like videos. And he also adds camera shake to all of them and makes them look like they're shot on a cell phone. Yep. Uh, which is brilliant. Yep. So it looks like it typically looks like a real world like magic trip mm -hmm. trick happening. It's crazy. Yeah, it's really well done. It's really, and I think like if you can do that, if if that's sort of like your thing where you found mm -hmm. a way to really like, because he was on YouTube for the longest time and he still yeah. is, uh, and then he shifted over to Instagram and built up that audience. Yeah, and then he took it to TikTok and he's built out that audience. I think that's kind of what you have to do. There's some like there's some really brilliant jokes and stuff on TikTok. Yeah, uh, and people taking off for for good jokes and stuff, and I love that. Yeah, uh, but then I I sometimes see these videos of just the dumbest stuff mm -hmm. that shouldn't have a lot of views yeah. it does yeah but yeah, i think I, to your, I think to your point though like cooking cooking has done incredibly mm -hmm. well yep and i think those people who built out those audiences have really learned how to maximize one minute of time to yeah. show people exactly what they need to do to make a recipe and then found ways of like if you want to see more of this you can see it on instagram if you want to see even more of that you can go to youtube yeah that's how i found joshua weissman who's like blown up in the last six months. Mm -hmm. And he's now done collabs with Binging with Babish. He did yeah. a collab with Brie Larson a couple weeks ago. And I follow him on TikTok, on YouTube, on Instagram. Yeah. And whenever he puts out a piece of content, I'm always engaging with it. That's dope. Uh, and he's also just like a really cool person. Like I DM him often and he responds every time. 
There, you know? there is this guy on TikTok who does toy reviews mm-hmm. and like Lego reviews. And he does them in front of a green screen, and on the green screen, he comps in, like, girls in bikinis. Uh And it's hilarious. It's so (laughs) funny because it's this nerdy guy, which it's a video that shouldn't get a lot of views, but he's like, I'm going to green screen girls in bikinis behind me. And it gets millions of views. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's so funny. Yeah. And, I mean, like, Uh, that market of toy reviews, it's a mm -hmm. huge market. Yeah, it's big. One of the most profitable YouTubers is, uh, I think the kid's name is Ryan. Mm Mm-hmm. Ryan's Toy Reviews. Ryan's Toy Reviews, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's one of the most profitable YouTube channel on the platform. Yeah. does incredibly well. And that that does not include all the sponsorship and, and collaborations that he does with all these toys and brands mm. as well. He's like nine. Yeah, he's like a little tiny kid. Yeah. Uh, Ryan's Toy Reviews, yep. And yeah, and like a ton of kids love it because mm-hmm. kids love toys. So yeah. it makes fucking sense to and me. they want to know what a kid thinks about toys. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think if I were to do a toy review of like classic vintage toys or new toys or collectibles and stuff, I really don't know if people would give a shit. Right, yeah. I would have to be very, very, very like kid friendly in order to yeah. do that. Although the Lego community is, is pretty like... Uh, um, transitive like yeah. it is uh, you can be old and talk about legos because a lot of us adults love Legos. yeah oh, it's very true it's very true you know um, so yeah i don't know it's 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 a weird thing to see it pop up so much it's happening more and more often now and more people that i follow they're like yeah i'm part of this new creative house and i'm like this is really cool yeah so i have i always have to do a little bit more deep dive of like are you doing this as one brand yeah. and then i found the one that i was following recently i found out that they are so I thought, okay, I'm curious to see what kind of stuff comes out of this. Yeah. Because they have people who are like marketers, content creators, agents. That's and, a really interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see though. I don't know. We'll, it's I'm going to be curious to see what comes out of these things. Because I know Hype House is one that has like really young creators that range from like 17 to 21. And I know that like some people have moved out of there. They've done their own things. I'm like, man, is this just like a phase yeah. of like young kids who rent these like Getting really some, expensive some Hollywood houses? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. If, but if people feel knows. motivated and created, then, like, um, I'm about it. Why not? Be creative. Yeah. Um, are you a fan of Scream? I haven't seen Scream since I was probably, like, eight years old. But I liked young, it. A young boy. I liked it. Yeah. Scream came out in 1996. I was nine when yeah. the movie came out. We were actually watching Batman Forever last night, and Drew Barrymore is in it. Yeah. She plays one of the... Uh, plays one of Two-Face's henchwomen mm-hmm. who doesn't really say much in the movie, which is weird to me because I'm like, this is Drew Barrymore, but whatever. Right. Um, that is weird. Yeah, so it's like, damn, dude. Seeing Drew Barrymore have little to do on screen. Yeah, crazy. yeah, it's weird. But then I'm like, damn, the next year she was in the first five minutes of Scream, and I'm like, dude, that's insane. Yeah. But they announced sometime uh, last month, I think, or the month before, that they're making a new Scream movie, mm-hmm. and it's going to be directed by the guys who made Ready or Not. Right. Which I have not seen its entirety yet. I started watching it. I didn't finish it. I haven't seen it. But uh, I've I heard, loved it. I've heard what really I've good things. Yeah. Yeah. And Samara Weaving is in it, and she's now in Bill and Ted. She plays uh, Billy in... No, wait. She is... Yeah, she's Bill's daughter, so she's Billy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Drew Barrymore was an E.T. Yes, she was. She was like four years old or something in that movie. Um, but they announced uh, today that Nev Campbell is going to be coming back as Sydney Prescott. And she's joining some of the original cast members, Nev Campbell, or sorry, uh, Courtney Cox and David Arquette. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting how they're framing this movie. They, It's not a sequel, but it's like a reimagining of the story. And I'm like, does this mean that... 
she's not playing the character. She's playing she's playing Sydney Prescott, but she's not playing the version from Scream One. That's my question. Is yeah. this uh is this a, a retelling completely different uh, story? They're calling it a relaunch of the meta horror series. Right. And so I'm is like, this just what? a rehash of the first movie? Yeah. Like, are they just going to make that movie again? Or are they doing what John Carpenter and Blumhouse did with Halloween? Right. Where it's like, now it's the sequel to the first one mm-hmm. or the sequel to the first three or maybe the sequel to the whole thing. Right. But we're kind of like restructuring and how the movie's going to be and made. And Sidney Prescott is in it as an older version right. of, her, of herself. She's like the established, you know, yeah. seasoned veteran of the of the Scream murders. Yeah. And um, she's like, oh, no, he's back. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll see. But I really like the franchise. I enjoy those movies. I think some of I don't think some of them are as good as the first one. Yeah. But I think that's that's pretty traditional horror. Yeah. When you have like some of the sequels are just not as good. Yeah. I never watched the MTV series Scream. Didn't know there was one. There was one. It was like three seasons, I think. Um, but I heard like from it was weird. For some people, I heard it was really good, and some mm. people I heard it was like it's all right, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but I I I do like. The fact that we're kind of at the point now where filmmakers who were influenced by horror movies, well, I would say young kids or teens who were influenced by horror movies in the 90s, including people like our age, are now in the position where they can make these movies. Yeah. And they're usually coming into this being huge fans of the franchise. Yeah, that's actually very interesting. Uh, the Who's the director again? Let me... Let me... And fans... And Nev Campbell said that's like the reason why she even decided to sign on because she said that they came to them, uh, came to her with a really solid pitch that seemed like it was really going to honor what Wes Craven did while also the ability to build out some new unique story, which I'm like, I'm into that because I think if you're a fan of something, yeah, you should make the movie. And I know sometimes like that's not always the best case scenario. Sometimes you get fans to make a movie and they make the movie and you're like, this is too much of a fan film. Yeah. I think you need to strike a perfect balance of like, hey, we want to honor what the first, you know, X amount of movies in a series did, but we also want to like build off of that and take it to some new places. Right. Yeah. So Matt uh, Battinelli Open, was that out yeah. open? Uh, he's 42. Tyler Gillette's 38. So these are guys that were oh, like okay. in their late teens, early 20s. Yeah. So they were probably like 13, 14 when out. those movies came Yeah. Out. And they yeah. were like probably super stoked about it. And now they're getting to make that world yeah. their own. Which is fun. I, yeah. I do like some of these movies that are revisiting properties that we like and making Same. it like their own thing. I mean, Halloween for me, honestly, like when I saw Jamie Lee Curtis was coming back, I was like, what? How are they going to do this? She dies in the Halloween resurrection. How is mm-hmm. this going to work? But then I think a month later or something, they, they finally released the pitch and it's like, it's picking up 40 years later after the first movie and we're going to pretend like none of the sequels happened. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, but like, I'm so devoted to those movies. Yeah. I've watched all 11 of those fucking things. Right. And you're just going to pretend like none of them exist. Halloween 2 literally picks up where the last one left off. Yeah. Or the first one leaves off. And like, we couldn't even like, we couldn't even include that movie. Yeah. But then you watch it and you're like, okay. I understand why we decided to go this route. Uh, and it also kind of takes, <clears throat> it takes the like, this like demonic, possessed, whatever thing of Michael Myers away. And it just mm-hmm. makes him a man, a man who's just an unstoppable killing machine. And I'm like, I'm, I can get on board with this. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, whatever they do with Scream, and Scream also had that advantage that it was never the same person. Right. Like, the the identity of the killer changed every movie. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, cool, this is more of just playing into that murder mystery thing of, like, all right, who done it and why? Yeah. And I like that concept. And I think, like, that who, whole whodunit thing, because of movies like Knives Out, it excites people. Yeah. Like, who's behind the masks? Yeah. 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 And those movies, again, they were very meta. Like, they referenced things like Halloween and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And, like, I enjoy that. And horror fans, I think, enjoy that, too. Yeah. And those were, like, kind of movies of their time. Yeah. Um, as far as like teen horror, mm-hmm. uh, it's not super scary. Right. And they've got a lot of pretty people on camera, mm-hmm. and there's there's not a ton of gore. But I think that that universe can have that. Totally, it could be a bit more of a gruesome, terrifying movie. Yes, uh, and that would that would be a, a bit more modern because that's that's kind of how horror we like to see horror now is something yeah. really psychological and terrifying, uh, and a little less. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Freddie Prince Jr. and yeah. all these pre- all these yeah. very pretty pretty people. At the same time, problems. I love I love me some uh, what's it called a uh, 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 Happy Death Day. Yeah, have you seen oh, Happy Death Day? It's so good. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> but that movie's hilarious. Have you seen the second one? No, I heard it was also good. Okay, I never in a million years would have expected to love Happy Death Day as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Only reason I saw it was we was because we went to TwitchCon. And it was like too hot outside for me to give a shit. Yeah. So I was like, I remember that you guys went and watched. Yeah, the movie. it was me, Cameron, and Emma, and we were like, let's just go to the movies. Let's watch Happy Death Day. I don't know what this movie is. Yeah. But I love this like Groundhog's Day horror comedy. Mm-hmm. And then they made a sequel, and the sequel is a complete different tonal shift. Mm-hmm. It goes into like science fiction. Oh, I gotta horror, see this. And I'm like, what? I, this is the movie? Yeah. Uh, so they, they re- dropped a new trailer today for a movie called Freaky, and it's the same director as uh, Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day 2, uh, Christopher Landon. And this movie, I watched a part of the trailer because I didn't want to watch it before knowing whether or not I was going to commit to watching a trailer reaction. But the premise alone of like a Freaky Friday mixed with like a serial killer uh, story, I'm like, this is going to be amazing. So like that's that's the basic premise of this story is like young girl switches bodies with a serial killer who happens to be Vince Vaughn and horror comedy ensues and I'm I like conceptually love alone the idea of Vince Vaughn as yeah. a serial killer the conceptually oh did you ever see a movie called the Domestic Disturbance Mm-mm. it's him and John Travolta and he's like this abusive stepfather who okay. I think ends up being a serial killer yeah uh, he's horrifying in that movie yeah, I bet like he terrifies he's a, he's me. A, Tall, scary-looking dude. When you see that in contrast to uh, Wedding Crashers, you're like, this is the same person. (laughs) And they are terrifying. Um, But this movie looks... from what I've seen of the of what little I've seen of the trailer, seems like a very, very, very fun, intriguing concept. And I think Christopher Landon is one of those directors that not a lot of people know of, but I think he's going to continue to carve out and etch out a place for him and for himself in horror. And I want to see him. I want to see him do some like bigger budget or better known property. Like I would love it. So like my pie in the sky thing that I wish Blumhouse would do. Conceptually, John Carpenter always wanted Halloween to eventually become an anthology series. I want to see that. I want Blumhouse to once they're done with Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. I want to see an anthology horror series that's just called the Halloween Anthology, presented by Blumhouse. And I mm. wanted to tell these unique stories that are from like different perspectives and i want a guy like christopher landon to come in and be like i want to tell the story that i want to tell because i think it would work really really well and i think if he brings these sorts of like freaky friday groundhog's day takes yeah 
on these stories and does these like horror comedies. I'm like, yes, dude. Yes, I want more of this. Uh, this movie seems like it's going to be a really good time. And I know most people on social media have been loving the trailer, which makes me very excited because I'm like, yes, dude, Chris Landon, he made this very like, I don't know, not underground, but this just very like flew under the radar movie. Happy Death Day. And they're so I wish good. more people would see it. Uh, but it is like the it's the kind of thing though. Regardless of how many people see it, it's the kind of thing that like solidifies a director's future. Like people are gonna see that and be like, "Oh, give yeah. this guy work. He made a really fun movie." Yeah, I don't and I don't know if Happy Death Day is even streaming anywhere right now. Yeah, if I it's don't on know. Amazon Prime, you should watch it. I wish somebody like Shutter would pick it up. Yeah, I feel like it'd be perfect for that streaming service. But you should watch Happy Death Day if you haven't yet. Maybe we should just do that as a community watch along. We should if we can find it somewhere. Uh, it's it's really good. It's really fun. Just like a really good time, so we'll we'll, we'll see. And the fact that uh, this screen movie was able to get a lot of cast members returning, I think it's I think it's going to do really really well. Yeah. Uh, and I hope it's good. Yeah. I hope I, it's like a new and and fun, interesting take. I hope it's not just like let's make that movie again. Yeah, exactly. And I think if it goes goes the route of kind of what Halloween did, mm -hmm. where it's we're going to bring back original cast, but also sprinkling new people to potentially like open the pathway up for new movies mm -hmm. then i think uh that's great but i agree i think by bringing in original cast members and also bringing in new people you're doing that you're tapping into those original fans mm -hmm. like the directors themselves yeah who like fell in love with those characters but then it also leaves it open that if they make a six uh, i think yeah that this would be six a sequel would be six mm -hmm. if they make a six seven eight nine whatever they do in the future You'll bring in these new new audience members, yeah. and some of the some of the members in the cast are people from popular TV shows, yeah. from popular movies. Totally. Uh, so I think like you're going to bring in some of those audiences, and I think it has the potential to kind of like push that franchise uh, forward and give it some momentum, which I think could be really cool. Yeah. Because like, what has Nev Campbell done in the last X amount of years? She did. I think she was in one of the last Scream movies, but outside of that, you know, some of these cast members have not done hugely well-known things yeah but i think this is like a nice thing for them because they can return to characters they love and on top of that they can they can also be the benefactors of having new fans yeah totally them. so it should be fun should be a good time i'm definitely gonna go see it uh something that i did not think i was gonna expect to read today was that they're uh they're potentially in development of a robocop tv show prequel series what yeah that's weird uh, I'm a huge fan of RoboCop. It's probably like one of the first most gruesome movies I ever saw as a kid. Mm -hmm. I definitely should not have been six years old watching RoboCop, but I did. I think I was probably about that old when I saw it. But yeah. I think I saw it on TV. So uh, I think it was. I saw it on VHS. Probably, so you probably saw edited. a censored version. Yeah. Uh, I did not. I saw it on VHS, and it's uh, the full bloody affair of seeing a grown man getting his hand and brain shot to bits. Mm hmm. It's good. It's a good movie. I love it. I, it's a great movie. I also think I've been thinking it's a timely movie. Like, now's a great time to have yeah. a RoboCop movie. It is. And not for good reasons. Yeah. I know. You and know? that's the unfortunate thing. But yeah. I think it is like a very timely movie. Yeah. It, it could say a lot. It, it could. There's a lot of important stuff that a RoboCop movie or series could yeah. say right now. And I think the premise of this movie is it's a prequel series that takes place in a not-too-distant future, just like the movies. It's before RoboCop, so there actually won't be a RoboCop in the movie or yeah. in the show. But it's about uh, it's about uh, Dick Jones and his sort of like rise to becoming a villain. Because as we all know, Ronnie Cox is a villain in the first movie, mm -hmm. and he's part of he's he's responsible for why a lot of the stuff, the events of the movie happen. But I'm like I'm like okay, this could be an interesting premise to watch. This guy who starts out, I don't necessarily need to see this character as a hero. 
but to see him as a character who just kind of like starts as someone of like you know neutral and then completely like falls down the path of like dark yeah like, okay this could be intriguing but i think also what ed newmeyer talks about is he says like we have an opportunity to really dive into like business silicon valley technology and like police yep and to see how like how all those things are corrupt and yeah. see them from all these different perspectives and like this could be very timely yeah and i know he's being paired up with a with a pair of writers who i'm assuming are probably much younger than him who also yeah. have unique perspectives into this thing uh he did say that mgm they need to find uh, an opportunity to like green light this which means like money to make a pilot mm -hmm. uh there's like no word as to what platform this could show up on it's really all just in concept and this is something that was pitched to him but it does make me a little bit more excited to have the original writer yeah. of RoboCop. That is cool. On this. Yeah, that is cool. And just saying what you just said, uh, what what um, Ed Newmeyer has been saying, and the inclusion of Silicon Valley, like this feels already just thinking that like this yeah. is this is a Black Mirror episode waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that RoboCop is actually just doing it. Yeah, you know, of just like you can easily imagine a future right now, right. like in your in your dystopian like. Uh, hate everything back of your mind kind of way yeah. of like man what if uh, Silicon Valley was like cops aren't working let's make a robotic one <laughs> pretty much like you can totally see that, and like in, that in an episode of Black Mirror yeah and like to me that's like kind of like what the whole premise of Robocop was it's mm -hmm. like law enforcement but better mm -hmm. uh, and even his quote the way he describes it he says it would be a way to do all sorts of stories about business and tech Silicon Valley, corporations, snakes in suits, cops, mm -hmm. and everything else. Yep. It's a wonderfully rich tapestry. Dude, like, and we've Jesus. learned so much with social media and like just in the last five years. These billionaire supervillains are using it. Yeah. Uh, dude, Robocop is definitely like a robotic cop is definitely recording everything it sees. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. big privacy issues and stuff like that. Like there's so much to do with it now. Mm -hmm. And I think also the, like the movies themselves, they've tapped into the potential of having different types of robotic cops. Yeah, we, went, we had Ed Two Hundred Nine, which is supposed to be like the ultimate defense system, which like completely fails. Yeah, and then we have RoboCop himself. Uh, so I would love to see like your. I think it would be hugely advantageous to see the first like prototypes of what a RoboCop is. Yeah, and how it also fails. Mm -hmm. And I think like you can tell it from both perspectives because like I think ultimately, RoboCop succeeds yeah in like that world but what does like a v1 version of that right. look like yeah and how does it fail society how does it fail america right and what like how does ocp deal with that whole right. like well, idea and the the cop could be doing its job but like ocp was a private corporation uh providing public security to augment the police yeah like there will be it's like there's gonna be a private company developing this bot so it's like what's their hand in this yeah you know the, the, the cops may be you know we we want to enforce correctly and such right. but like what of that info goes back to the corporation yeah you know yeah I mean? and i think like the only thing that you could really compare it to is conceptually what what like marvel thought what i thought they were gonna do in phase two where mm -hmm. it was like iron man's gonna build all these robots to protect the world yeah and, and they put a turn. suit all over the world yeah but like Ultron touches on that, but I don't feel like we see a real like worldwide effect to like the scale that I thought we would see it. We right. see it, and it's part of the cause of civil war. But I think a show that really just like focuses on this, where there's not dealing with a bunch of other things going on, you know, universal outcomes. I think it could be very. interesting. It's exciting. There's a lot to, that that someone could do with this now. Yeah, it's yeah. like one of the properties that like that was maybe ahead of its time, and we can really hit yeah. it again. Yeah, and you know, like I did a I did an episode of Five Hundred Greatest Films podcast with Hector and, uh, and and Keller, and 
not completely, but more or less, they're both their perspectives on it was like, I never really need to see that movie again. And I'm like, but there's so much like untapped potential mm -hmm. in what a story like Robocop could do. Mm -hmm. So I'm not usually into prequels. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm not usually into the idea of doing a prequel, but I think like this, because of what it could say about our modern world yeah. could be very interesting. And I think like Robocop itself, the concept or the character, if we were to do Alex Murphy again, I think would kind of like remove the focus. Yeah. And I think like this could really solidify the focus on like OCP, cops, corrupt business, all that stuff, while also sort slowly like sprinkling the seeds of what Robocop will be in yeah. the future. Because I do think that we will be visiting a not prequel, yeah. but a modern yeah. Robocop series. And I think that could be amazing if like the show eventually like segues into, into a Robocop show. The sequel the present yeah. yeah but it's like a sequel because they are also making a robocop movie yeah it's called robocop returns and it's based on an old 1988 script that is supposed to like take place right after first robocop movie right but they're gonna like modernize it so i think it's gonna i think we're gonna have peter weller come back to play it uh it was gonna be directed by neil blomkamp he's not on it anymore but so i'm interested to see these two like robocop stories that could potentially coexist yeah but are told from very different perspectives it could be really really cool so Heck yeah, man! I'm interested. We'll see, dude. We'll see. It was like it was like a really good morning for for news. A yeah, lot of really of cool like, stuff came out. Oh, cool! There is going to be a future news. Yeah, <laughs> thank God. Yeah, thank God. We'll, we'll see some stuff. Uh, but guys, don't go don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. Malika and Lucas are going to be doing some mini painting, some Warhammer painting, and then uh, at six o'clock we're going to war, baby. It's, it's, it's Warhammer time. Warhammer time. We're bringing baby. our hams. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Bye.